Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. We've got eight incredible first-round matchups in the basketball playoffs this week. Kevin Durant versus Kawhi, Lakers versus Grizzlies, James Harden versus his former team, and of course, the Battle of the Bay Area between the Golden State Warriors and Sacramento Kings. You can head over to BetOnline Sportsbook, use our promo code BLEAV50, that's bleav five zero, and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first First deposit using the link in the description to this episode. Bet online where the game starts. All right, you've got the Patriots at number 14. Let's see where Blake Jude is going. Or if someone wants to trade up. But regardless, what is Blake Jude feeling at 14? Yeah. Um, the only team I think would realistically want to trade up here is probably Pittsburgh. Maybe maybe, maybe Tampa. Uh, if you if we want to get a little spicy, maybe. Uh, but um, I actually like the New England Patriots staying here, I think. Um I know their needs, for the most part, are on the offensive line. Uh, and there's a couple of guys I really, really like still here. Um, I think the Patriots are, are, have been a team that have never been afraid to go after the guy they want rather than the, the top prospect on the board. Um, they went Cole Strange last year, which is a big surprise for a lot of people who weren't really expecting it. But now they're looking for more of a pure offensive tackle. And um, I think this is a team that has found their identity in the running game. They, they, have, been, they, have, they have shown that they want to go after um, – they want to go after the run. They want to keep the ball on the ground. They don't trust uh, guys like, um, you know, they don't trust Mac Jones enough to be that uh, that passer. I think that's a high-level passer. So I think rather than looking at guys who are more built to pass block, maybe look at guys who are better fit to be in a running-style offense. And for me, that is Bro Derek Jones uh, or Broderick Jones from Georgia. I think he is the offensive tackle I would take here. I think he is a mauling offensive tackle who is a big, big guy who I think best fits in the run blocking schemes. I think he's also a very capable pass rusher we, or pass blocker. We have seen him be successful in pass blocking situations, but he's a little less technically refined, I think. He's a bit really good anchor. It's hard to get around. Um, he's hard to get through, excuse me. Um, getting around him is a little bit easier because he has some issues with his agility a little bit. Um, didn't test the absolute best, but he's still a big mammoth beast who is going to completely maul you and allow running backs to get open gaps to get in between uh, and, and hopefully break out for long yards. Um, guys like Ramondre Stevenson, I think they probably draft another one later on in the draft this year too. Um, you know, this is a team that runs the ball a lot and Broderick, Broderick Jones, excuse me, is a guy that I think is going to be a very, very good tackle that can open up his gaps i like the pick patriots always are offensive line and defense so it makes sense that they would invest in an offensive lineman here especially because of what they want to do in the running game i know the steelers are kind of banging their hands on the table that broderick jones didn't fall to them at pick 17 but they'll they'll have other options coming up after that let's see uh all right i've got the packers at 15 there's there's a long shot trade that I want to talk about here and see what the price might be. Okay. What about Buffalo at 27, jumping up to 15? What would it take to pull off a trade like that? Okay, what would it take? That's a good question. Would, it, would Buffalo have to part with their first round pick next year? Um... I don't think they would aim to do that. Um, the way I see it, I think, hold on, let me find uh, Buffalo picks at pick 27. Yeah, so yeah. I'll just have an argument. Let's say the Bengals are at 28 here. Um. Mm, I would say maybe they go for a second and a third. Oh, so they would give up all of their draft picks. Well, so they would give up their three to top be, draft picks this year. 
No, it doesn't have to be the top three. Maybe they give up a second this year and a second next year. Well, okay. then again, though, Buffalo Buffalo is probably gonna have a low first regardless. Yeah. So, yeah. Let, let's 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 just say they give up next year's first. And okay. Maybe they, they, of, maybe maybe they get something else to you on top of that. I don't know. Let's see what the Packers have. Uh, the Packers. Uh, do you think the Bills would rather get a pick next year or this year out of it? Uh, let's see. Uh, let's say, the, huh? I would say if if they're getting a 2024 first, maybe they give up a like a. I would probably guess the Packers would want back. Are you are you saying that? Oh, sorry, sorry. Are you saying the Bills gonna get something else on top of the twenty twenty four first? Or no, I'm saying the Bills give up their twenty twenty. So the Bills give up twenty seven their first next year, but the Packers give them a pick right. in return. Right, and, and and the Packers from their perspective, right, they they don't want to move back so far. So they're gonna probably look for a pick that they would be better for. They would want more now, I would think. So maybe like the Bills third. I think. Maybe that's the Bills little, third. Yeah. You're saying the Packers get the Bills third, or the Bills get the Packers third? I, I think they would also ask for a third because you got to think they're moving up a lot here. Twelve picks to move up. Maybe the Packers then give up like a, a second or third next year too. This might be a, a big trade. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Is it would be so Buffalo gives up a first this year and a third, or sorry, their first this year, a third this year, and a first next year. And then the Packers send back some pick in ex- whether a fourth or a fifth or a third or whatever it is. Well, I, I, I was yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking like in, in my head, I'm thinking uh, the the Buffalo first, um, Buffalo's next year's first, and Buffalo's third this year for the Packers first this year, and maybe the Packers third or fourth pick next year. Okay, that makes sense. Or I, the Packers have comp picks this year, so maybe they'd be prefer to get it this year. But maybe maybe, maybe they just say next year. Maybe just one like yeah, maybe one seventy instead of a twenty twenty four third or fourth. Yeah, yeah. Say this year comp pick in the fifth round or pick one seventy, like you said. Say that Buffalo gets to make the extra pick. Uh, because I, th- I think Buffalo really wants to get spicy with this because I've, I've talked about this before. Buffalo hasn't picked a Buffalo has not selected a pro bowler since the Josh Allen draft class. Yep. That's the, that's the last pro bowl pick Buffalo's made. So if they if they give up draft and it also could be like the Trey Lance situation where they're financially tied a bit. So giving up a first round pick next year is somewhat beneficial because they don't have to pay the salary on the first round pick. Um, but they also move up in this situation just for the sake of spiciness. I'm going to say Buffalo accepts this, the terms that you have laid out here with, uh, you know, whatever the pick may be a pick 170 for a first for 27 Buffalo's first next year and a third, uh, this year for Buffalo. So Buffalo's third rounder at the end of the third, they're going to go up to 15 and they're going to select Jackson Smith and Jigba with the 15th pick in the draft. Mm. Mm. All right. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, the Texans are kicking themselves. <laughs> that is, that, <laughs> that's cool. I, I like that. I like that a lot because they, they, they want to get another receiver to add alongside Stefan Diggs. Gabe Davis had a pretty big down season last year as a team wide receiver too. Uh, I like this pick because Buffalo needs an extra guy. They know that they're a step behind Kansas City right now. Maybe they're a step behind the Bengals too. What's the best way to do that? Add some firepower for Josh Allen. And man, Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jig was that guy. He's that guy. And I think if there's one guy worth trading up for right now, it would be him. Absolutely. So, you know what? That makes total sense to me. I love this pick. I love this trade up. That's a lot of fun. Also, another scenario we could have proposed is instead of that third round pick, the Buffalo's end of the third round pick, what if they just sent Gabe Davis to the Packers? Maybe maybe that's what they do. Maybe they give Gabe Davis up instead of one of the extra picks. So maybe this year, maybe uh, their first round pick, next year's first round pick, and Gabe Davis for the move up to the Packers pick plus a Packers 
plus another Packers pick. Yeah, pick 170 or whatever it was. 170. I like that. I can do that. Yeah. That would be interesting because the Packers probably would be, I mean, Gabe Davis only has one year left on his contract, so the Packers would kind of have to make a decision after that, but even still, they would probably be cool with it. I would think the Packers probably extend him if they got him, right? Yeah, because they need receiver help. Why else would they want him at that point? They weren't going to Maybe just to figure out the vibe with Jordan Love and... you, you want to give Jordan Love some big dudes. You give him Christian Watson and Gabe Davis, two men at wide receiver. That's fun. <laughs> hey, I'm glad I I'm glad I thought about that while we were talking. I'm like, oh, well, what if they just gave up Gabe Davis and kept the draft pick? That would that would might that might be something Buffalo's more inclined to do because I don't think Buffalo's gonna re-up with Gabe Davis after this yeah. year. They need value at that receiver position. Right. Yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. The only reason why, the only thing that would maybe question me a little bit, or I would question a little bit, would be: um, are are the Bills willing to give up Gabe Davis on this small of a contract? Um, whenever he's like, you know, he's low risk, potentially high reward at wide receiver. Um, you're not giving him a lot of money, so if you don't play him, it's not a big deal. Um, but at the same time, you know. I can definitely understand maybe this goes the extra distance and letting the Packers actually want to accept this so they can get Jackson and Jigba. So that makes sense. And maybe Buffalo goes ahead and, and they double down and draft a Marvin Mims in the third round or something like that. Maybe maybe Buffalo doubles down on receiver if they trade uh, Gabe Davis. Yeah, it's it's possible. I mean, they also have guys that they're already developing as well. Uh, you know, in, in the back. So uh, I'm I'm blanking on the name right now, but I know they drafted someone last year. I know they let uh, go of someone who balled out for the Giants. I can't remember his name, but they have um they have Shakir. Uh, they've got yeah, Shakir. Yeah. Was Shakir's their number three right now, so it, it would um it would maybe make sense there. Apparently, they also have Trent Sherfield, which that would be Could interesting. Just signed in free agency, yeah. He might be interesting yeah. to see fill the the role that Jamison Crowder was in for the past couple of years. Yep, no, I think it's possible. I honestly, I think drafting another receiver, maybe to be the slot guy in the third or fourth round, is actually a very good decision. I like that idea. All right, so we've got. The biggest trade that we have proposed here is a swap of Jackson Smith and Jigba for uh, Gabe Davis and Buffalo gives up their first round pick next year to the Green Bay Packers, which interesting place the Packers find themselves in with all the picks they're about to get for Aaron. The Packers could have three first round picks next year with theirs now Buffalo and the Aaron Rodgers pick that they're probably going to get. They could have three first rounders going into 2024. Yeah, that would be very exciting for uh, that team. I, I think that would be very, very fun. Uh, um, I don't think it benefits both teams. I think, you know, if you're a Packers fan, you're excited because you're probably going to be, uh, you know, if you're horrible next year, you're going to have two first-round picks that help fix it. Or if you're good, you're going to have two extra picks to give Jordan Love two extra weapons in the next two years. Um, so, or, or two extra player, a player and another pick to you know help out Jordan Love. So I think that would be really, really nice. And honestly, I think, you know, you look at who's available for the Packers here, unless they take Jackson Smith and Jigbo on their own, what player really moves the needle this far for them? They might be the team that can afford to trade back a lot further and, and get a lot more picks, especially getting another first next year. That would be that would go a long ways in helping them. And of course, they already broke down from the Bills side. And Jigbo would be Smith and Jigbo would be a great addition for the Bills, regardless of how you you know how you put it. All right, you've got Houston now at sixteen. They moved down with Washington, so Washington could select Witherspoon. Who is Houston feeling here at pick sixteen? This is tough. This is tough. Um, a lot of prospects I like here, um, but it, it's it's tough to find out exactly uh, who they would go if they had to. Um, we know that right now they could use an extra pass catcher maybe to help uh, Will Levis if you know in the future if they so decide. I think they could use a lot on the defensive line still. There's a guy here I like, but. I don't. I haven't taken around a grade on him, but I like the fit if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've I've heard that he's not going to make it to past twenty eight, so I think he might be goes a little higher. 
I might just go ahead and, and shoot this shot now and get it out of the way. I'm going to go Kalaji Kansi from Pittsburgh here. <laughs> Your boy. <laughs> to uh, to Houston, who is, uh, you know, getting a lot of comparisons uh, to Aaron Donald. I think too many comparisons. He shouldn't be getting that many uh, comparisons. He's a very undersized defensive lineman, but... He also has some of the best testing a defensive lineman has ever had. And I think I would argue that he is one of the most talented uh, interior pass rushers we have had in a long time in the NFL draft. I thought you might go Bijan here. I thought that might be yeah. the move. <laughs> I'm, I'm, but I'm a little hesitant there because I love Damian Pierce and they just signed Devin Singletary. So it's mm-hmm. tough that they committed so much to the running back position already. To go Bijan again on top of that, it's just a little tough for me right now. I, I like the Cansey pick. You were you, you wanted to talk about him the last time we got here. Like I need him to be in the first round so that I can talk about him. And now he's jumping way up the board to 16. And you know what? You you believe in this guy. You believe this is a this is one of your bigger prospects for this year, even though, like you said, you have a second round grade on him. You, you're excited for what might happen for Cansey. So it yeah, makes all I, the sense in the world. I need to clarify. I've been I've been labeled as a college Cansey hater. By Bengals Twitter, I would say uh, <laughs> at least I think so because the, the, you know Bengals fans are enamored with this guy. They they really really do like him a lot, and uh, yeah, I, I think the biggest reason why is because uh, when, when you look at Kansi's game, what he does best is make the tackle on guard or guard in center. You know, whatever gap he's attacking, he's gonna make him miscommunicate and make a mistake. Um, he has a very very good pass rush moves, and he's one of the few defensive linemen I have seen be. be I've been able to win in between the tackles with, uh, you know, speed, agility, um, you know, being able to almost squeeze through a gap with the, with the burst of speed or the athleticism he has before the tackle and guard can react and work on closing between that gap. He's able to hit it faster than they can get in between him. Um, and I think that's very, very fun because it keeps the offensive lineman on their toes. And I think what Kansi is going to need a lot, and if he can get it, it's going to be huge. It's a big nose tackle that can help you know plug the middle up and force – double teams on the interior because whenever Kansi's able to work one-on-one and is able to choose between which gaps he wants to hit, that's when he's at his most dangerous. And I think Kansi's a guy that can be compared to maybe the Ed Oliver type right now. Um, I honestly think that Geno Atkins comparisons aren't horrible, despite I think Atkins is a lot stronger and he's a bigger player. So maybe not the best, but he's smaller, kind of like how Kansi is. Kansi uh, wins in different ways, but in terms of a build, I think he, he kind of reminds me to Ed Oliver, uh, Geno Atkins type build. Uh, and I think that, it, it, you know, if he's able to put on weight, and, and, and you got to think, D'Amico Ryans is going to want a guy like this. He's had the pass rushing interior guys before. He knows that, that the defense is founded. You know, th- their identity is found on the defensive line of, of a defense. And I think Kansi's a guy that can definitely bring that. Come on, a guy that I think can get eight and a half, nine sacks in rookie year as long as he's able to continue doing what he's doing from college. Now, the question is what happens whenever a team just has one offensive guard who just only focuses on blocking him? How often is he able to get past him? Because he's not stronger than the offensive guard. And if the offensive guard is technically refined enough and has good footwork, he's not going to get past him either. So it's tough. Whenever you play, play good offensive guards like that, it's going to get tough to use your speed to your advantage. You need to be strong. And I, there's questions on whether or not Clyde Crancy is strong enough. But he's most definitely athletic enough to get past people. And that alone is going to be a big concern for some you know, different rosters who have been really building their guards around being you know, big, you know, technically refined guys. I've got pick 17 now, and I'm going to make a pick that might get booed on draft day. Might get booed. Because as you've seen the board break down, uh, Joey Porter Jr. is available for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And with the 17 pick, I'm going to take Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle from Tennessee, instead of Joey Porter Jr., which might garner some boos from the Steelers fans at the draft. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not going to boo this pick, but I will boo this pick as being a Bengals fan uh, who also <laughs> hates. Um, Darnell Wright is my offensive tackle, too. So uh, he's the same as offensive tackle I have graded. I have him with the same grade as, as Bro- Broderick Jones, um, but I think that I would prefer him as a player. Um, the only big knock I have on him is 
Um, he's mainly just a right tackle. You know, that's what he played his entire career at Tennessee. That's probably what he's going to be next level. But Pittsburgh needs both sides of the of the offensive line. You know, they they need to add guys there. So right now they have Dan Moore, um, who I believe is the uh, he's, not, he's not a rookie contract from Texas A and M. He hasn't been too great. Uh, I know their left tackle is not good either, but they're both below average in my opinion. So you can add either way, and you know you already see that the top three guys are already off the board. So Darnell Wright is your fourth guy uh, on many boards, and I think that if they really want to add to this offensive line, this pick makes a lot of sense. Now. I have a bigger grade, a better grade on Joey Porter Jr. I think it's a good argument to be made that if he's he's there, it's an obvious pick for Pittsburgh because um, because he's able to uh, uh, or he, he's already got the hometown connection and he's he's been considered a top fifteen pick for a long time. But there's been rumors of a Joey Porter slide a little bit, and we're starting to see it now. I think it won't be very far, uh, but you know, I, it wouldn't shock me at all if they go Darnell right here. I think he's gonna he's going higher and higher, and I think he's gonna be a top twenty pick when it's all said and done. Well, there you go. At least you're not booing me for making the pick. I think the emotional Steelers fan might be upset. And uh, as a Bengals fan, it's not going to be fun when he's blocking Trey Hendrickson off the edge for the next five years. Detroit, 18. We already made the one pick for Detroit with Jalen Carter. Where does Detroit go with pick 18? Detroit wins the draft. They win the draft this year. They get B. John Robinson here, pick eighteen. Yep, that's where I thought you were going to go. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 you get. I think. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, before this Jalen Carter problem, uh, Carter and B. John were one and three in my in my grades. You know, they were they were just there, like right there. I mean, like or well, sorry, two and three, two and three uh, in my grade sheets. Will Anderson's been my one throughout the entire process, but Carter was two, B. John was three. For the most of the time until the questions of the pro day. If Detroit can fish Jalen Carter and draft Bijan with their next pick, they get two of the top three players in the class. Okay. And let me say something. DeAndre Swift is in a contract year this year. He has had a lot of problems with injuries in the last couple of seasons. I think that DeAndre Swift is pretty much done in Detroit. They just signed David Montgomery to a very small deal, mind you. It's not a big deal at all. So there's not much commitment there. But David Montgomery is not going to stop you from drafting B. John Robinson. It's not going to happen. He's too dynamic of a player. You just gave this Lions team the the biggest weapon possible, right? And I was <laughs> very tempted to, to grab uh, Dalton Kincaid or Michael Mayer here. Either one would have been great. I would have definitely went there had they not gotten um, B. John. But at the same time, you got to get your guy. B. John's the guy. You can't pass up on him. Take him now. Yeah, I, I, I've basically said any team from ten to twenty-one, I could convince taking Bijan Robinson. I know, you know, the Tennessee Titans got Derrick Henry, but you know, how long do you believe in that? Uh, Houston speaks for itself. Jets should be considering it more than we're giving him credit for, even though they do need offensive line. Patriots speaks for itself. Probably not the Packers, but Washington. Detroit, like all these teams, it makes sense with Bijan. There's a there's a conceivable case for all of them to draft Bijan Robinson. It's why I'm anticipating that someone at the bottom with a luxury pick might even trade up to potentially get Bijan. I know I made Jerry Jones trade up to get Bijan Robinson in the last mock draft we did. So yeah, it makes sense that Detroit would be a nice home for him and their offense is going to be super, super fun. Just super fun to watch. That would be very exciting for sure. I, I would love to see that for Detroit. I was, be I, was, so good. I was still shocked they didn't re-sign Jamal Williams, but at the end of the day, if you walk away with Bijan, you're fine. That's yeah. That's a, it's the trade-off you have to make. All is forgiven. <laughs> okay, I've got 19. I've got Tampa. This is just a BPA pick, at least from what I'm guessing your BPA is. I'm not 100% sure on the grades because I haven't seen all of them. But I'm going to assume this is a best player available pick for Tampa. I'll take Joey Porter Jr. at 19 for the Buccaneers. It is a BPA pick. Um, definitely. I think he's the top guy uh, on the board for me. Um, they have Jamel Deed and Sean Murphy Bunting both back. Um, so uh, I think that's big for them. Of course, they like that. Um, you know, I don't know how much they, I, I think they gave Dean more than Bunting. Uh, so it, it's going to be interesting to see how they would fit all those corners together. But at the same time, 
I mean, you're never going to be complaining about a high-end cornerback here. Um, that's on a rookie contract, right? I mean, we, we've seen it multiple times. The Broncos got three really good guys there for a while. We talked about that, um, you know, with with badging Patrick Sertain to that already talented duo that they had there. Um, it, it doesn't shock me that, they, that if they would go here with a guy like Joey Porter. I think he's a top 15 player in this class, and he's going 19. They would not complain one bit adding him. And this is a team that wants to add talent, right? They're losing a lot of guys uh, right now. They just lost Tom Brady. They lost Leonard Fournette. You know, they've lost a lot of uh, veterans on this team. Uh, their offensive line is a big question mark right now, but there's not a lot of offensive linemen available. Get your get a guy, get a good player. Joey Porter is a good player, and they would add. You know, getting a guy like that would would I would not complain at all. You know, when you can add talent like that, you're not going to complain. We should also point out Sean Murphy Bunting did not resign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is now a Tennessee oh, Titan. Oh, my fault. Okay, well that makes a lot more sense then. <laughs> yeah, Carlton Davis is still their number two corner, but Davis you know. is what I was thinking of. My fault. Yes, yeah. I, I they 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 had Carlton Davis still there, right? And, and Dean, yes. Okay. So yeah, so, but still, I mean, it, it makes even more sense at this point, right? You know, having an extra outside guy like uh, like um, Joey Porter, who can probably be a day one starter now. All right, you've got Seattle sitting at pick 20. The last time I made that trade for Michael Mayer that got you excited. We can do that again if you just want to rehash the awesome trade we did to get the the Indianapolis Colts Michael Mayer. But otherwise, you've got Seattle at 20. Mm. I do want to trade back. Hmm. Who would want to trade up? I, I would want to trade back, but not further back than 25. I, I don't want to trade with the Giants. So anyone before that. So between the Chargers, how, Ravens, Vikings, Jaguars. How about I throw out a different one here for you? How about Green Bay at 27? Moving back up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. I, I have a player that I know I want to take here. And I know it's not going to be well received from Seahawks fans. So I want to move back to help make this a little less worse. <laughs> okay. So I'll do it. I'll do it. So I don't know what the trade would be. Maybe Green Bay gives up uh, uh, one of their fifth round picks this year, plus uh, call it a, a third round pick next year or something like that. Yeah. Something like I would say, you know, you moving up what? How many picks? Seven spots. Um, yeah, third and fifth. I think it's fair. Yeah, the third rounder comes in next year. Uh, yeah, I, I would consider flipping that. Okay, so fifth rounder next year, third rounder this year. Yeah. Well, that makes sense because they uh, they got the... Um, well, no, they didn't get the third rounder. They got Gabe Davis, yeah, Davis in the scenario that right. we did. So that third round pick is still sitting there for them. Uh, so... Yeah, that works. Green Bay gives up their third rounder this year to make that work. Uh, And Seattle moves back seven spots. Yeah, perfect. All right. I believe or no. Where did Green Bay pick last time? Green Bay was 15. Still you. Okay. Who's the player that you wanted to make the pick for? Because I had a player in mind that Green Bay wanted to trade up, but I want to see if it was the same person. For Seattle? Yeah, who is who is the person you wanted to make with that pick? I have not mentioned his name at all on this podcast ever. Oh, okay. So I I've never mind then. Uh Green Bay is going to go up and get Michael Mayer. That's what I was going to do for Green Bay's sake. That's fine. And Dallas is very upset. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> this is uh this is great. I, actually, I like this for Green Bay because you want to give Jordan Love an extra receiving weapon. That's high. I think could be high end. Uh, Bob Tanya has been injured for a lot of his career. Um, there's a lot of question marks on whether or not he's going to be able to be that tight end for the team now. Um, you already added Gabe Davis. You have Christian Watson. You have Romeo Dubes. You have a wide receiver core that's young and has potential uh, that you possibly like. Give him one more weapon. You already have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon there. Let's give him Michael Mayer. So now Jordan Love has a good set of weapons around him. That's a quietly solid offense. Jordan Love's a good quarterback. That's all I'm saying. Like that's kind of I love kinda what we did there. I love yeah. what we did here now. Because you've got Watson as the one, Gabe Davis as the two. They obviously line up Aaron Jones at receiver all the time. You got Michael Mayer as the tight end. You got Romeo Dubes. I like what we did to the Packers receiving core. We're, we're doing the entire AFC, NFC North a favor right now. 
We gave Justin <laughs> Fields a good offensive lineman finally. All right. We gave the Lions potentially two top three players in this class in Carter and B. John. And we just gave the Packers a good offense after losing Aaron Rodgers. So <laughs> that's a win-win for all of them, right? Like they're all happy. Yeah, think about that. So the Packers at the end of this whole winding sequence, they they walk away trading the 15 pick, a third rounder, and two uh pick 170 and a fifth rounder next year in exchange for Gabe Davis, Michael Mayer, and a first round pick next year. And Give me uh, that. Yeah. yeah. Sign me up. What? Yeah. The Packers, yeah, the Packers gave up pick 15 a third rounder and two fifths in exchange for Michael Mayer, Gabe Davis and the, but the bills first round pick next year. Sign me up. (laughs) And by the way, they're about to get two picks from the, the jets for Aaron Rodgers. on top of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're doing something. What a win. Packers, Packers feel good about it, themselves. It makes, it makes even more sense to trade up if they get one of those second round picks from Seattle because they're already moving up anyways, right? So that third at this point is going to be like your sixth pick that they, you can make this year, right? Yeah. I mean, or not not sixth, fifth. It'd be their fifth pick that they would have if they got one of the second round picks or I guess maybe two of the second round picks even. Um, and, and, and they you know were able to move back in this year's class too. Um, and they still end up with Mayer, who's a supreme talent. They might have picked at 15. Yeah. Wow. What a win for Green Bay. That's awesome. All right. Well, you say we're doing good things for the NFC North. Wait until we get to the Vikings at 23. Okay. So uh, Chargers 21 is uh, my pick. I get to pick for the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers are open for business. If anyone wants to move up to 21, I'm not sure if there's a, if there's a person right now. Uh, is Cincinnati feeling spicy. <laughs> <laughs> mm, if they moved up ahead of the Ravens, it would probably be for an edge or a corner. But the, the Bengals never trade up. Like that never happened. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe if you're a team like San Francisco, maybe wants to move back up and get a corner, maybe. Um, I'll, maybe. I'll, Let's wait Maybe. on that for now. Yeah, it, it it would be up to you because those aren't those aren't my picks. I I wouldn't trade up with the Bengals or the Cowboys. I don't th- think I would trade. Well, actually, let me give you a call. Let me give you a call with the Jacksonville Jaguars. No, okay. no, 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 I won't, no, I won't. I'm sorry. You no, know no. what? We don't have to worry about this because I just thought of the team. I just thought of the perfect team to make this swap. Um. It's not in the first round, but we're going to go to pick 32 with the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to jump back into the first round. They're going to give up, uh, say, a second rounder uh, next year or maybe one of those extra picks they have. Pittsburgh's going to jump up to get into the first round. They want that fifth year option on their next draft pick, which is going to be Cam Smith, the corner from South Carolina. So now we have Pittsburgh getting Darnell Wright and Cam Smith at the end of the day. You know, they need a replacement. They just added Patrick Peterson in free agency, which I think was a good addition for them. But they they need a future corner on this team after losing Cam Sutton in free agency to the Lions, right? So you want to get a guy that could, uh, you know, either play across from him or or be that future cornerback one in the future. Um, Cam Smith could be that guy. There's another guy I actually have in mind maybe for Pittsburgh if they moved up there, another cornerback. Um, but the Is it Deontay time, Banks? Yes. Yeah. Both both of them are good, though. I like both of them. Uh, I think both of them make a lot of sense. Uh, Cam Smith, I think, is a guy that I could see Tomlin liking a lot in terms of, um, you know, his versatility in the in secondary and being able to, I think, hopefully lock down or another receiver. I think he has cornerback one potential. Um, and we've we've quietly seen, you know, South Carolina has been producing some pretty good cornerbacks lately. We saw J.C. Horn, of course, be a great cornerback in the past. Uh, and now they have two more guys this year in Cam Smith and Darius Rush, who I think are going to be uh, very good projected corners as well. So um, him going round one would be a, a fun scenario here. And Pittsburgh trading up to get him would be uh, would be pretty awesome because they definitely need corner. They, they saw their two biggest needs in the class this year with getting a tackle in a corner. Yeah, and they got that bonus pick that they didn't anticipate would be so good from the Chase Claypool trade. So this is just 
they basically just flipped Chase Claypool for a potential number one corner. So good on good on Pittsburgh for making that exchange. And uh, I wanted to find a way to get them back up into the first round. And then it kind of clicked. Oh, wait, Chargers at 21 would make all the sense in the world, given that only three corners have been off the board so far. And they also passed their rival, the Ravens, who need corner. Well, you've got 22 at the Ravens. What are, what are you thinking for Baltimore? I'm staying at corner. Give me Deontay Banks from Maryland. I mean, hometown guy. Of, yeah, hometown guy. Exactly. Yeah, he's, he's from Maryland. He, uh, I think they've had a lot of visits with, with uh, Banks already. They're talking about him. Um, I think this pick is actually really close between him and Addison. Had Banks gone to Pittsburgh, I would have went Addison here, but I think they would prefer the replacement at corner over Addison at the moment, seeing as they just got Odell Beckham Jr., and they also just lost Marcus Peters in free agency. So you want to get another starter there. Um, You have Bateman already. You have Duvernay, who I think are are fine enough to fill out that starting wide receiver core. You need a starter at corner. Get your starter at corner. Banks is your guy. He's from – you know, he's playing in Maryland uh, in, in college. He, he, I think he's already very familiar with the Ravens. The Ravens are familiar with him. I like this pick. I think it makes a lot of sense. Okay, I want to get to 23 here because I want to use it as a reason to talk about uh, a, a rumor story that has been brought up today, which is teams are calling on Trey Lance. 49ers are not turning teams away when they're calling on Trey Lance. They, they can be bought for a certain price. The Vikings were the team that during the combine was calling on Trey Lance. Would Minnesota give up pick 23 for Trey Lance? I don't think so. I think they give him a second. Really? You don't, you don't think anyone wants to take a chance on Trey Lance still? Uh, Well, I say I, I, it's tough, but I like, I mean, Here's the problem. Lance hasn't really played in the NFL yet. You know what I mean? So it's a big projection right now. Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe if the 49ers use Lance to move up, but they would have to give another pick here. I, I was told that Lance's value is not higher than Mac Jones in terms of trading. Wow. If 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 you it, like, like I, I, I was discussing with someone about a swap between Mac Jones and Trey Lance. I thought it was very possible. And the 49ers would probably have to give up another pick in that trade. Seriously? No, really. Nobody wants Trey Lance. Here's the problem. I think Mac Jones has proven success in the NFL as a rookie right now, despite, you know, I, listen, I, I was high on Trey Lance. We know that. That's been a thing mm-hmm. that hasn't been a secret. We know his ceiling's extremely high, but we also know that San Francisco would probably rather have Purdy as their starter if they had to choose between the two. And I, I think NFL executives believe that. So they know that they don't have to give up a premium pick for a quarterback since it's not going to be a starter. You know, and and well, Matt Jones, I think if, if you do trade for him, I think he probably is a starter for for you, right? I mean, and, and I mean for the Vikings, I mean, you know, you're not expecting Trey Lance to be a starter immediately, right? Because you still have Kirk Cousins, so you don't have to start him. But are you going to give up a, your first for a quarterback that you're not going to have immediately? That's the only okay. way I think. So let's 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 think about it this way. Let's say that. The, the Vikings give up pick 23. The 49ers give up Trey Lance, one of their third round comp picks this year, because they've got three of them at the end of the third round. So let's say one of the, I think it's 102 is their top pick this year. Okay. Say they give up 102 and let's go. Hmm. Let's go their fifth round pick. Okay, because they have they have three of them. So let's say their own personal one. That's the oh no, they have the Dolphins one. So the Dolphins one would be higher than uh, the the Niners. Let's see, Forty ers picks. What number would that be? Um, let's see. Oh, here we go. So it would be number one fifty five. So let's say it would be Trey Lance pick one o two and one fifty five. In exchange for, or sorry, Trey Lance one hundred two and one fifty five for pick twenty three. I think it's fair value. 
I, I man, I can't believe no one would give up a pick for Trey Lance. Like the Niners would have to throw in other picks to make it work. Yeah, I mean, I know it's I, I know that might sound, I think, crazy, but at the same time, I mean, comparing what Lance did with San Francisco when he was playing to Purdy, you know, there's there's a worry maybe that he's not he might have to have a couple more years to develop. And I think teams value quarterbacks who are more ready now, which is why I think that would be a question mark. And I, I was thinking maybe like if they if they could get maybe I you know, I think it'd be more enticed if they got two other comp picks. I know it sounds crazy, maybe back for the first pick plus Lance, but I don't know. I, it, it's a it's a tough scenario here. It, it's a very very tough scenario. We don't know where Lance's value is at. Can I just say that? Like b- before we before we like we talk about like or we agree to a trade. Um, Lance's value could be anywhere. Maybe a team does give him a first for Lance uh, if they really really like him. I don't know for sure. We know we know the Vikings have liked Lance before. Um, oh yeah, and uh, Rappaport reported today that the Vikings were the team that called the Niners on Trey Lance. Gotcha. Yeah. I wonder what the the details of that trade would be, uh, and I guess that's kind of what we're talking about right now. Um, I, I I I find it hard to believe that if uh, if any team could redo the draft right now after the rookie season we saw, I find it hard to believe anyone would draft Lance with a first round pick. Which is why I would probably say I don't think I would trade a first for him. But I don't know. I mean, I could maybe the Vikings are really bought in, and maybe I could see that. And, and for San Francisco, can I just say like they they would do this for sure? Yeah. So it's not a problem for San Francisco's side. I just I don't know because also the Vikings just lost Thielen. They need a receiver. You know, I was thinking maybe Addison here since he's still available. But I mean, you know, at the same time, if 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 Lance is their guy and and he could be their guy if he's their guy. Maybe I can understand the first round pick, I'll, but like I said, I'd probably. I think the value wise, it's fair. It's a fair value to give my third, fifth, maybe a third and a fourth, or a third and a third. I don't know, but the um, third and the fourth was tough just because the Niners don't have it. But yeah, they have multiple comp picks. They have they have ninety nine, one hundred one, and one hundred two. So right. they, they they have a deep base with which to dump. I think they have eleven picks, none of which are higher than ninety nine. <laughs> Yeah, maybe Lance in two-thirds is overkill. So maybe you're right in probably getting the third and the fifth, but I give them the highest third that they have. Okay, so 99 would be the highest one they have. Yeah. Uh, We can do that. Just for the sake of just for the sake of this, because this is a fun scenario to talk about because you know, Lance Lance is probably gonna get traded. They wouldn't shock me. Man, I can't believe it. I I can't believe they don't even want to try. I mean, they don't know what Brock Purdy's rehab situation is, but I can't believe they don't even want to try with what I've been calling crypto Trey Lance. I I don't I'm surprised they don't even want to run it back for 8 weeks next year. Yeah, it's it's a tough conversation to have. I mean, uh, it just depends on how you know, how quick how short of a leash they gave Trey Lance. You know what I mean? Like you got to think they drafted him with a fourth overall pick and he's making a pretty good amount of money right now and if he's not better than their backup who's making a lot less it would make more sense to me if san francisco would just clear him off the books completely to just save the cap space right so i mean that's wild yeah i know it's crazy but like you know i'm not i'm not gonna say sit here and say brock purdy's more talented than trey lance i don't believe that but i think you know you're talking about scheme fit and you know just the fact that you know the 49ers were objectively a better football team when Brock Purdy was on the field I mean I can I can understand a scenario where they are eager to move on from them maybe not like they're not the ones pursuing the trade but if a team calls them and it's like hey you want a first round pick yeah they're gonna listen to that for sure they would listen to that they would do that Okay, I think I have the pick here for the 49ers at 23. I'm, I'm going to ask you what you think about it afterwards. Because what do you? What would you say the biggest needs for the 49ers are at this point? If I had to give them like the, the top needs, um, getting a right tackle would be huge. They need a right tackle apart from uh, Trent Williams because they just lost Mike McGlinchey. That's a big need for them. And they need a corner to replace Emmanuel Mosley, who they just lost to. Um, 
So those would probably be the two that I would say uh, would be the biggest for me, for sure. Okay, so do you have five first-round corners on your board this year in in terms of grades? Um, I believe I have. I will have four when it's all said and done. But I don't have thirty. I don't think I'll have thirty-two players that I have first-round grades on. And there is a guy here that I think the 49ers would like at corner. It, is it Keely Ringo? No. Is it uh, the Mississippi State guy? I'm forgetting his name yes. right now. Forbes? Another Emmanuel. <laughs> Emmanuel Forbes. Replace Emmanuel with another Emmanuel. Okay. Emmanuel other, Forbes. Yeah. The other guy who I had thrown out here was Brian Branch. Yeah. That's another one that I think it's I would like a lot too. Spicy. That is spicy. It's a lot spicier than uh, the normal, I think, for San Francisco. Now, I'm not sure what their safety group even looks like right now. Honestly, it's a good look. Uh, it's I I know they still have uh, Gibson, but Ty- yeah, right, right. You need a free Gibson. Safety. Gibson's a free agent after this year, this upcoming season, but they do have Gibson. Uh, you know what? We haven't talked about Forbes yet, and this is obviously a unique scenario because we haven't talked about the Niners picking at all yet. So, Forbes Emmanuel too. Forbes at twenty three. What? Let's let's make that pick, and I want to hear your analysis on Forbes. Yeah, I, I would prefer the 49ers to take Forbes over Branch if I had to choose between the two here. Actually, for San Francisco, so I actually think this is the right move. Um, Forbes is another second round grade I have. It's another guy that Bengals Twitter is obsessed with that for some reason I'm just not in on for uh, for the Bengals. Now, right now, I think the biggest problem with Forbes is he's 166 pounds. All right. And that is a concern because I am 185. And if I played in the NFL, I would be killed. Okay. <laughs> so let's just say like that, that is a concern. Now I'm also a bigger person than Forbes in general. I'm taller, you know. So uh, you know, maybe maybe that's that's the reason why because he's yeah, I believe he's six foot one, so he's, he might be a little bit more stockier than me. Um, but at the same time, uh, you want to talk about a player who has ball skills? This guy has returned six interceptions for a touchdown in his college football career. Three of them last year. All right. So this guy is a ball hawk he can get in front of passes if a quarterback makes a mistake he's taking it to the house and that is a very very exciting feature uh exciting um you know exciting addition for a team to make um i could see him being an interceptions leader at some point in his career it would not shock me at all if he was kind of like how trayvon diggs has been um i don't think he's the type to get beat deep like Trayvon Diggs. He's a very fluid mover, very good with his hips, will not get beat deep like I said. I worry about him in contested catch situations. I could see him having problems in uh, physical situations in the red zone. You know, I worry about how he would guard a fade, you know, because I don't know if he's strong enough to to get in front of and out-muscle a receiver uh, to, to get to that pass. But you want to go out a guy that I think is not going to let you lose deep and is going to be able to capitalize off quarterback mistakes. Forbes would be that guy. And you know what? This is even better considering how good of a defensive line San Francisco has. Because Nick Bosa is going to force quarterbacks to make mistakes. And Forbes is going to take advantage of those mistakes. So it works well in the dichotomy of the defense. I like what we did here. It gets a Trey Lance trade. Stock up the uh, stop up stock up the uh, the Minnesota Vikings in draft picks that they traded for TJ Hawkinson get a quarterback and San Francisco's got all these comp picks so it's like a it's like a free first round pick for San Francisco except for they had to give up all the third round picks or sorry all three first round picks that they gave up for Trey Lance in the first place they now give up on crypto Trey Lance after four games of playing for the 49ers still wild uh jacksonville at 24 is the team and the pick is yours like this pick's a little too easy for me uh, i'm gonna go brian branch here don't think oh, there's be much, okay. much discussion on it i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry for the giants who might want them as well i know that's probably uh what you were thinking but yep. um Huge need at safety for for the Jaguars. They have Andre Cisco, who's been okay. Um, you know, he's young. I think he has potential. He's probably going to be your other starter there because the other one, I believe, is Rayshon Jenkins right now, who is 
you know, I don't think an ideal second starting safety. He's okay, average at best, probably, maybe even below average. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, they could definitely add someone else here, an extra playmaker. And Branch is a guy who can also play nickel corner if needed. Now, right now they have Trey Herndon there, but you know, if they need an extra nickel corner, he could add to that. Um, he could play safety. He's a very versatile safety. Um, he can play different, you know, different places, kind of like how Dax Hill was last year. Uh, how many people considered him? I think he could do that. Could play in the slot. Can play maybe as one of the safety spots if need be. Um, I think he's very physical. Um, and I, I really do think that he's going to find a, a starting spot on a defense, no matter what they have on the team, just because of how he plays. Uh, on the field, uh, he's just a very physical player. He's talented. Um, uh, he's athletic. There's a lot to like about him, and I think he goes round one. So I'm going to take him here with Jacksonville because they just missed out on some of the cornerbacks. I think they pass on Ringo here, even though I consider Ringo too. I'm just a little higher on Branch. So I'll take Branch. Yeah, we mocked Ringo to the Jaguars the last time we did it, so they they got a player graded higher. I'm going to guess what what's the grade that you had on Brian Branch? Branch currently right now sits in an 87 for me, so an early second. Um, and then but Ringo is Ringo is a 86, so one point higher. Yeah, that is closer than I thought it was actually. So yeah, uh, all but right. At the same time, this is a very strong corner class where you can definitely get another good corner round two or three because I have a lot of good corners, and this is one of the weakest safety classes ever in the NFL draft. So if you need a safety, get your safety because there's not a lot. 25, New York Giants. I'm going to make a pick that I don't think we've made before, if I remember correctly. Uh, I'm going to go Jordan Addison at wide receiver for the New York Giants at pick 25. This is fun. This is fun. Because this is this is the scenario that we're playing at. Because I believe we've taken three or four receivers each of the drafts we've had before. So this is a scenario where receivers slide, which I think is what happens in the draft this year. Now they're, they're, it's been mentioned that you know the Ravens are going to take a wide receiver, maybe, but they managed to get Banks to fall to them. And I think that makes more sense. Um, maybe a team like um, I don't know. I don't even know who else would be would be interested. The Vikings at twenty three, another team that could have taken it. They just traded for Trey Lance. That makes you know I, I think some sense. Um, Green Bay, you know, they managed to get no, they, they traded back. So a team that another could also take a wide receiver. Um, they traded back uh, to not even have a chance of getting a receiver because they just got a Gabe Davis in a first round pick. They end up getting Michael Mayer instead. So I mean, the scenarios here where teams find to take in a receiver. Ended up being gone. You know, the Titans who could have taken a receiver, they got Christian Gonzalez to fall to them. So the receiver fell. The Giants sweep up and get him. The last first round pick I have at wide receiver, Jordan Addison, gives you a very good downfield weapon that I think could be a threat. And I think it complements well with Wandale Robinson, who is a more of a short yardage, I think maybe maybe medium uh, yardage over the middle, kind of a slot receiver, I think is really good after the catch as well. Um, and, you know, you got guys like Kenny Holiday who have not worked out one bit. Darius uh, but Isaiah Hodgins, remember, they picked him up and yeah, he had 100 Hodgins. yards in a playoff game. Right, yeah. But so they have plenty of other receivers who are, uh, you know, who they can use but aren't downfield threats. Right, because Hodgins isn't a downfield threat. Galladay is not a downfield threat. Um, Shepard, I think you could argue, but he's also coming off an injury now, so we don't know what he's going to look like. I wouldn't classify Slayton as a downfield option, as a downfield, um, you know, uh, guy. So it would be tough to uh, uh, to kind of pinpoint where uh, where he would go. But yeah, I, I, I'm going to go uh, here with uh, Jordan Addison at pick 25. It'd be interesting to see the combo of Hodgins, Wandale. Uh, Jordan Addison, and then of course they also got Darren Waller in the right. trade with the Raiders. It would be they've got so I'm just looking at this team like they're gonna cut or trade a lot of these people, but they've got like eight wide receivers on the roster right now. <laughs> they have Jamison Crowder, they have Paris Campbell on their team. Like they have so many receivers, and obviously not all of them are gonna make the team, but that got they're just kind of assembling as many as they can. To try and figure out who will work with uh with Daniel Jones, they're now hundred and sixty million dollar quarterback Daniel Jones. Yeah, right. Yeah, paying him a lot, so might as well give him the weapons. All right, you got Dallas at twenty six. What are you feeling? 
They missed out on Mayer, but they still need a tight end. They lost Dalton Schultz, who went to Houston. So you got to get another tight end to replace him. I just mentioned it earlier as a comparison. Dalton Kincaid, he's here. He's the pick. Mm-hmm. Pick at 26. Dalton Kincaid is a Dallas Cowboy. They need a tight end to add to this team. He's another good pass catcher. Dak needs the weapons. He likes tight ends, so he's going to have another one. And he needs to be the replacement for what Dallas has lost at tight end. They, they, they need another one, so you might as well go back and get another one. They would have loved Mayer, but he went higher because the Green Bay Packers traded back up to get him. So, you know, you get Dallas still here. They still need tight end. Kincaid's still available. He's a first-round grade. Yeah, we talked a whole lot about him earlier, and you mentioned Dallas, and lo and behold, he fell to Dallas. What a perfect combination that we broke down off the top here. Uh, You've got Seattle, too, at 27, because remember, they traded down from 20 to 27 so the Packers could get Michael Mayer. So you said it was a player who you hadn't talked about at all yet, so Uh, I will turn it to you. Yeah, okay. So it's it's tough because another guy fell here that I like, too. So (laughs) I'm stuck. Um, I will go ahead and mention the guy I have not mentioned yet. Steve Avia, offensive guard from TCU. Um, we know we know a little bit about some offensive linemen at TCU. Shout out Lucas Niang. Uh, you know, Steve Avia is a great interior offensive lineman who I have a good friend that I trust a lot, who's got a lot of offensive linemen, and he is banging on the table saying Steve Avia is a first round pick. And it's hard not to disagree. His film at TCU was extremely impressive. Now, I will also say John Michael Schmitz is a guy that I have graded higher than Avia. Avia has an 86 on my board. John Michael Schmitz has an 89, I believe. So you want to talk about a guy that, um, you know, he's a higher grade. They also need, yeah, he's an 89. They also need a center as well, uh, which Michael Schmitz can play. So I don't know. This is tough. I mean, because if I'm making a pick, I'm picking Michael Schmitz. My friend would always pick a V in this situation, and it's a predictive mock. And we know Seattle's not afraid to reach to get a guy that they like a lot. And I want to be bold. Let me go Steve Avia here. I'm going to take him. I, I need to take him. because Remember last year, I took Tariq Wood in round one at one point. I want one of these surprising picks that's going to end up looking good in the future. So I'm going to take Steve Avia here in a trade-back scenario from TCU. Get a great offensive guard to help protect Geno Smith for the future. You already got two rookie tackles. Now you have a rookie offensive guard that I think can be a good compliment to both of them. I'm glad that we are throwing new names at this board here because I would have never known who Steve Avia was until he got picked in the first round. Kind of similar to Cole Strange, although I know Cole Strange was a third round grade last year and he ended up going in the first round. Avia sounds like a second round guy for you. So it's good to get some of those second round guys in because you said before 20 to 50, it's it's very close together this year. Yeah, it is. It is very close. I, I can see a lot of different arguments for it. Uh, but I, I like Avia. I do. He's 86. He's graded 86 on my board. Uh, so he's going to be a second-round pick, in my opinion, if he's not a first-round pick. But I trust my friend. I know we, he's much better at scouting offensive linemen than I am, which is why I'm going to trust him with this and go with this pick and say that this is a pick here for Seattle because I think it's a good scenario where he is the uh, offensive guard uh, for this team. And honestly, I mean, you know, there's another team that could probably use um, that uh, it can probably use an offensive guard uh, like Steve Avia um, or, or, or John Michael Schmitz that's later on in this cl- later on in this draft in the next couple of picks. So uh, I'm, I'm not going to be opposed to it. One yeah, yeah, we can we can jump on the Steve Avia hype train. We've already got our Lucas Niang pick from three years ago that we're I mean, that's sorry, Super Bowl champion Lucas Niang pick from three years ago that we're still holding out love for. So Steve Avia, TCU, welcome to the club. We're, we're happy to adopt you into our TCU offensive lineman fan club. That is a very niche thing on this podcast. So, yeah, Steve Avia, Seattle. Let's get it. Uh, you got Cincinnati, your boys, the stripe hype Bengals at 28. Uh, where are you going to go with this pick? I swear I didn't do this on purpose. Okay. <laughs> I need to clarify that. I make every pick with the thought of what's realistic in my eyes. And there's one guy that I've been wanting for the Bengals last couple of weeks that I have not mentioned that I want the Bengals yet on this podcast, but I think he's now my favorite prospect here at 28. Give me Miles Murphy as rusher mm-hmm. from Clemson. 
Uh, they need to add another pass rusher to this team. I worry um, that they won't be able to extend Trey Hendrickson beyond the next couple of seasons whenever he leaves. Um, and, you know, they also have questions on whether or not Sam Hubbard is going to be here past 2026 season whenever he's a free agent. Uh, he's also not a very good pass rusher in general, and they have a big need at trying to add some pass rush. They had Joseph Osai, who I like a lot. But I think Miles Murphy is the next guy next to next to Joseph Osai to make the future duo at edge rusher for this team. This is the best player available pick. I am very high on on Miles Murphy. I have a very good grade on him. He's an eight, I believe he's a eighty nine overall on my board right now um, as well. Uh, yes, he's an eighty nine overall. Uh, I, I'm very high on him. I have the same grade as uh, on him as I do Nolan Smith, who I had going a lot higher in this class, of course. Um, but I've heard he's going to fall. I've heard he's falling a lot for people. Um, and there's been concern over you know Clemson edge rushers in the past. We know Claylon Farrell didn't work out, and people have drawn comps from Miles Murphy to Claylon Farrell. But I think he's going to be a good edge rusher for a team. I think he's a very very fun chess piece for uh, the Bengals to use, and I think Miles Murphy would fit the team very well. See, I was thinking as we were going along, are we going to have a scenario where Miles Murphy doesn't get picked in the first round? Because I remember he yeah. was previously getting top 10 considerations, and I know that's not the case anymore once people have looked at him. You had him as an 89, which is a first round grade. And I was thinking, man, he might fall out of the first round in this draft scenario that we've put together. He shouldn't, though, because he's very good. Uh, and, and I think that he deserves to go round one. All right. Next up, we got the Saints. Uh I want to throw out a prospect that we haven't talked about before, since this is probably the last time we'll talk to each other before the NFL draft starts next Thursday. Uh, how do you feel about Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame? I have a... So let me look at my grade sheet real quick. Uh, Foskey is a early third in my grades. Um, he could play interior, but there's a couple of other interior guys I'd prefer... Um, he could also play outside at edge rusher, but he's not a premier pass rusher. I think my biggest, my biggest problem with him was he had a really rough senior bowl. Um, it, it, you know, with the Saints here, I like Brian Breesy a lot from Clemson. I mm -hmm. like um, Felix Anaduke Uzoma from Kansas State, Mozzie Smith from Michigan. <laughs> Maybe even you can go and get one of the guards or uh, centers like John Michael Schmitz, like I mentioned. Uh, Osiris Torrance from Florida is another name I like a lot. I mean, uh, oh, also Keon White, another guy who could play on the interior who was just invited to the con uh, just to the NFL draft. So that means he might be a surprising name that can go into round one because he's he's being invited to day one. Uh, so that could be an interesting name um, that you could think about as well. Um, Do the Saints like need interior offensive line? Or interior defensive line, sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but they do have a need a guard. Yeah, they need a guard too. Oh, they need... Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, they wouldn't be in the John Michael Schmitz game, I don't think, just because of yeah. Eric McCoy at center. Maybe, yeah. Um, but they could also use him at guard because he can play guard too. They have they have Cesar Ruiz and Eric McCoy, I think, both on the roster still. So they, but they need one more guy, I think. Yeah, I think Andrus Pete is the other one, and he's, you know, aging a little bit at this point. Right, yes. Um, yeah. Plus, I think Ruiz is entering free agency next year. Oh, that's right. a good point. That's yeah. a good point. Uh, I've been a, this is a guy that I, I know you you have talked about before and enjoy talking about. So let, let's talk about Mozzie Smith at 29. Yeah, yeah Mozzie Smith's a man. He's a big <laughs> dude. Uh, he is a very, very fun player now. Um, hasn't had the production particularly as in past years uh, or, or compared to other players in this class. But now there's really Brian Breesy. Um, Mozzie Smith had has had some insane athletic testing for his size. He's a mammoth of a man and a very, very dangerous player uh, to uh, to have on your roster, I think. Uh, the Titans are one of the better, sorry, excuse me, the Saints are one of the better teams in the league at developing defensive linemen. And I think Mozzie, if he's developed, would be an amazing pick here. I love this pick here for you, uh, or, or for those Saints. I mean, uh, I think getting Breezy or Mozzie Smith would be a huge win for the team. All right, we got the Eagles at pick 30. What are, what are we feeling for Philadelphia? Oh, you're muted. What are we feeling for Philadelphia? 
Oh, sorry. So, yeah, uh, Philly. Uh, Philly just drafted an edge rusher. Of course, so they they have another extra pick to, to use here on a uh, offensive lineman. Potentially is what I'm thinking of because they just lost Isaac Swamalu to the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I think is a pretty big loss for this team. So I'm going to be looking to replace that. They have Lynn Dickerson, who they still have. They just got Jason Kelsey back, so they had some pretty good guys that could play center. So I'm going to go as an offensive guard here. Give me Osiris Torrance from Florida, who I think is a guard that they're going to like a lot. I think that he's a good fit for their scheme. And this is a guy that has not allowed a sack, I believe, in his career. Uh, so a very good pass protector. I think also very capable in the run game as well. We saw Florida have a successful run game in, call, in uh, you know last year. So I think this would be a great pick for Philly to have to add to their offensive line. I think we mocked him in uh, either one or two that we've done recently. So uh, it would uh, it would make sense that this is the move that they go for Philadelphia. Uh, again, like you said, they lost Samalu and they had the best offensive line in the NFL last year. So it makes sense that they would double down on that front and make a pick like yeah. that. Let's yeah, see. I definitely think it would be great for them for sure. I think I think Osiris Torrance is a guy that. I can have an 86 on, so maybe not the highest grade, another second round pick in my opinion, but it's a great, I think, scheme fit for the team. And I think that a lot of people are saying he's gonna he could go round one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say he goes here to uh to Eagles who want to add more to the trench play. And keeping with the trend, I'm gonna wrap it up with pick 31 and select Dewan Jones from Ohio State to slide in with the offensive line room of uh, what is now Jawan Taylor and uh, I forgot who the left tackle is for Kansas City now. Um, what, no, he, Jawan Taylor is the left tackle. This is why I like the pick, actually. They're moving Jawan Taylor to left tackle. They've already announced it. They have a big need at right tackle. Um, Joe Tooney, Trey Smith, and Creed Humphrey are the interior offensive line, which is the best in the NFL, I think, without debate. Um, but they have Jawan Taylor at left tackle. The only thing they're missing is a right tackle, and DeWan Jones would be that guy. A complete against our guy Lucas Niang for a spot in the starting line. <laughs> so you're saying Lucas Niang need we need a, if Lucas Niang is your right tackle, we need an upgrade. That's what I'm hearing. We're not going to give our guy Lucas Niang a chance. Unfortunately, but you know you know what's funny? I think DeWan Jones is a very similar player to Orlando Brown, who they just had on their line, and they wanted him to move to right tackle. So this pick makes a lot of sense, I think. Uh, how fu- how awesome was it to see Orlando Brown come to the Cincinnati Bengals? Like when you heard that news and like him jumping from Kansas City to Cincinnati, how awesome was that? Uh, pipe dream. I would have never believed it in my life that we would go and get <laughs> off the tackle this good. This is the best offensive tackle we have had since Andrew Whitworth. And you got to understand, he's not a top five offensive tackle by any means, but he's a top 15 guy. And have the Bengals ever had a top 15 offensive lineman ever since they let Andrew Whitworth go? No. So this is very exciting. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm very happy about this. Ah, uh, that's going to be so funny to watch that. Cause now there, cause now there's beef between the Bengals and Kansas city. So the fact that he's jumping to the enemy is perfect. It's so perfect that he's going to go from ca- playing for Kansas city and winning a super bowl with Kansas city to playing against Kansas city on the Bengals as the Bengals try and get to round three of this rivalry with the Kansas city Chiefs it would it would be so interesting to watch that play out and I mean I want to give our boy Lucas Niang a chance but at the end of the day I mean Kansas City's got a bonus pick basically sitting at 31 yeah it would be I mean it is a, a dream scenario for Cincinnati to have that they still need a right tackle maybe because they're supposed to be trading Jonah Williams now but at the same time getting a left tackle like Orlando Brown would be great thank you for listening to Believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.